This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, December 17, 2019. And well, it, you know, time is racing by, as we all know. It really, it's, you ever notice that as you get older, the days go by faster? I just remember when I was young, very, very young, that time seemed to be so slow. Then when I hit my 20s, it started to speed up. And trust me, it gets old faster and faster as you get older. Well, we're, gonna, we're approaching a new decade. New Year's coming up and a whole brand new decade coming up. Anyways, there wasn't really much in the news today. There was some economic statistics that were interesting, but nothing in the news, nothing new for us to digest. So that was okay. Uh, so the market was kind of, market's on its own, and it's still in a rally mode. I guess we're getting our Christmas rally. Um, there's going to be some selling at some point because we're going to have some tax loss selling, I'm sure, before the end of the year. I don't think it's going to be this week, though. Maybe maybe next week or the week after. We'll see. I'm Steve Peasley. I thank you for joining me today, and I hope you will call me with all your investing questions. That's what the show is about. You drive the show. You decide where it's going to go. As long as it's financial, we'll go there. I'm very happy about that. So remember, our goal here on Invest Talk is to help you achieve financial freedom. Financial freedom. Whatever that means to you. Whatever that you know that goal is. You really should establish goals, too. A lot of people don't, but you should because you have to have something to shoot for. You can't say, hey, I just want to be rich. Well, what does that mean? You know, what, how much money is that? And it might be not just a function of money. It's going to be a function of debt, too. Now, how many, if you don't have to pay any mortgage or car payments or credit card payments, and, you, you know, you, you don't need as much money as you think to be rich. So it's a function of spending and investing, function of both those things. So my suggestion is stop spending so much. Spend less. <laughs> Remember, the, the goal, again, is financial freedom, and you, you have to define it. You do. Today, I'm going to get you there. I really am going to try to get you there my best uh, by answering your questions. And we'll do it one question at a time. So the anytime listener line is now open, and I'm taking your calls live. We do that Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. But that listener line is always open, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And the number is always the same, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So Christmas will be here in a couple of days, and then comes January and New Year's. And as you know, I'm returning to New York City in the later, later in the month of January to do some portfolio reviews, meet with some potential clients and existing clients. I do have a few in New York, and I noted that they wanted to meet with me. And then, um, uh, so I do have I do have spots open for the New York date, Dallas, Texas. I'll be there as well. In January, I'm kind of combining the trip uh, with Dallas and then on to New York. So I will be, for a Dallas listener, so I'll be in Dallas on January 24th, January 24th, and then I back, then on, then I'll go on, keep going to, on the, to the East Coast, to New York on January 28th and 29th. So there's a weekend in between there, and now I'm, I'm visiting relatives. 
I got plans. I got a niece who's going to college there. I got a sister-in-law and her daughter and two great nephews there that are in high school. And so I want to see them. So that's why I planned that in the weekend, so I can take the weekend to see them. So again, remember, New York, uh, Dallas first, January uh, 24th, and then the 28th and 29th in New York. And I'm hoping it'll be, it won't be too cold in New York. So if you're serious about getting together and you want to optimize your portfolios, this is a good time to, to do it. You know, it really is. Um, I'll take a look at your holdings. We'll discuss how, what you, what your financial goal is, how to reach your financial freedom goal, whatever that is, and we'll see if you're on, on track. I think that's what we'll do. Okay, my main talking point today. Okay, Uber shares have fallen 33% since May, the IPO. And by the way, that's not that unusual. Most stocks, IPOs, they start to sell off after the six months after the IPO. They're generally below the IPO price. Okay, since the lockup period, which is six months, ended in November 6th, one co-founder has unloaded $2.1 billion worth of his holdings. $2.1 billion. What's going on? So that's going to be one of our talking points today. I've got others. How about industrial production? Do you see that number that came out for last month? I think that's a, a, a something that we need to pay attention to. I'm going to talk about home builders. I, I, I will be talking about that in a little bit more detail. Auto loans are harder to come by. Hmm. They used to. That has been a big worry, but now they're harder to come by. Also, I got some fun statistics on the world population percentages and the world economy percentages and the world equity market capitalization percentages. Where, you know, how big a country is and how much is there and who's doing what. We all know that the United States GDP is big. But do you know how big it is compared to the world GDP? Do you know what China's is? Do you know how much you know what the market capitalization for the markets in the United States versus the number two market in the world, comparatively speaking? And populations. This is really that you start looking at it and you go, wow, that's really interesting. At least I did. So I'm going to share some of that with you today, too, before the end of the day. The market was up. It was up much bigger during the day and it kind of fell slowly off during the day, but it still ended up up. The Dow was up 31 points, the NASDAQ up was 9, and the S&P was up 1. So we've had a pretty good a pretty good market rally. Okay, a pretty good market rally already for December. So it's far different from last month, last year, a year ago of December. Do you remember that? It was pretty painful. It was down 10% in one month, the worst December in history. You can't say that too often. <laughs> <laughs> something is the worst in history but it was the worst December in history for the stock market now this month has been pretty good so far so we'll see what the next couple of weeks bring us okay let's go ahead and kick off with another caller question or our first caller question of the day with a stock query this came in earlier at 888-99-CHART hi Stephen, Justin love your show I want to get your idea on the stock ADMS. want to have your thoughts on whether it's worth to have it in my portfolio and it worth it will be the good price to buy. 
Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, this is an extremely speculative position. I mean, today it was down 43%. How's that for speculation? One day down 43%. At Adamus Pharmaceuticals, Adamus Pharmaceuticals develops therapeutic products for the treatment of chronic disorders and the central nervous system. And you know I don't like the stock because it doesn't make money, hasn't made money in years. I don't buy or suggest anybody buy stocks that don't make money. If your stock doesn't make money, there's no reason to own it. That's my philosophy, and you know that because I keep telling you that. Uh, this is a $115 million company, so it's a micro cap selling for $4.14. Those are extremely risky, those micro caps. Okay, does it make money? No. Sales, though, are increasing fast. Uh, they increased 31% in the most recent quarter, 68% the quarter before that, and over 300% before that. But sales is only, even at the, the most recent, $13.9 million, it's really, really small. Management owns 8%. They have lots of debt. Cash flow is negative $4.06, and they're going to lose $2.76 a share next week, next, uh, this, uh, next year after losing $3.90 this year. So there's absolutely no reason to buy this stock. Now, you may have heard of a story that makes you feel good, but I don't buy story stocks, and neither should you. So, no, this should not be part of your portfolio. Now, it went down huge today. You might see if it bounces, but why did it go down huge? 41%. Something bad happened, obviously. A uh, law firm announces it's investigating claims against Adamus Pharmaceuticals, so they're getting sued by somebody. Remember, it's only a $115 million company, so they're going to get sued, and they could be get sued out of business because they're so small they can't handle it. That's very possible. So this is one of the reasons I don't like it. Okay, they get sued. The small cap companies, the little tiny micro cap companies, they get sued by somebody, and they, could lose, they lose half their value. Well, geez, that has nothing to do with the fundamentals of the company. But this company's fundamentals is stinky anyways. So you wouldn't buy it. Don't buy socks that don't make money. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasel. I'm here ready to provide unbiased investigating guidance. But you've got to call for me to give that to you. 888-99-CHART. Christmas will soon be here, then New Year's. Your financial freedom requires making the right decisions, and 2020 will bring new challenges. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to provide unbiased guidance on InvestTalk or through direct engagement. Keep listening and learn more anytime at InvestTalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Well, we, do have, we had some pretty interesting stuff in the news today. Um, let's see. How about some uh, stats? Let's talk about some stats here. Um, the Labor Department said today that the number of available positions rose 3.3% to, to nearly 7.3 million. These are jobs that are available. Okay? Vacancies. And that suggests that the business re, businesses remain pretty confident even in the uh, economic lookout that that slowed down and now it seems like it's either picking back up or at least stabilizing. 
Okay, the figures provide at least evidence that employers have largely you know, shrugged off the, the problems and uncertainties around the U.S.-China trade war. They're kind of like, eh. You know, that's, did you notice that? And even though there's a partial trade, trade agreement, it's still not consummated yet, but that's what they say. And you know, 7.6 million jobs a, a year. It was uh, that's how 7.6 was how what the what the number was a year ago. Now 7.3 million. Even though it's gone down, that's still more jobs than there are people that are unemployed. That's pretty impressive, really, if you think about it. I mean, how often does that happen? You know, I, I'm I'm impressed. I don't know about you, but I, I'm I'm impressed about that. 888-99-CHARGE is our number, 888-992-4278. Give me a call whenever you feel like it. Industrial production today. Industrial production was up 1.1% in November, and that's the biggest gain in two years, up 1.1%. Year over year, though, a year ago, that's still down. Industrial production is still down 8 tenths of 1%, so it's not at a record or anything. And it has been down three of the last five months. But a 1.1% pop. And of course, why would you, why would you, why, what caused that? Well, it was because this GM strike ended. And the producing autos again. That's why. So that, that helped a lot. But if you take that out, if you take that out, it's still up a half a percent, which is still a pretty darn good number. And capacity, industrial capacity, Manufacturing capacity jumped to 77.3 from 76.6. About 80 is, when they get to 80, it's, that's full capacity. And it starts to push, push inflation. We haven't got to 80 yet. Been up in the high 70s and still is. So I, I, that's pretty good. On the next Invest Talk, this prediction, Amazon will be the most important company of the 2020s. But over the new decade, criticism will grow. That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions. And the number you, you should be calling is 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th, and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. These are no-cost and no-obligation consultations. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Ed and Sam Brunanito. How you doing, Ed? Sam Bruno. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing very good. How are yeah. you? Good. Thank you for the call. I do my, appreciate it. Yeah, my chips. I, I, I made a, a, a good amount of money and um, very diversified, extremely diversified. So I thought I'd start putting money into chips. What do you see? What do you think? Okay. Tips, everybody, is Treasury Inflation-Protected Securities. There's TIP, T-I-P, is the iShares. TIPS is a bond ETF. What is a Treasury Inflation-Protected Security? It's a bond. And what happens is it has a set rate, which is very, very small, and then it adds to that set rate the inflation rate. 
Okay, and it adjusts the inflation rate every six months. So if inflation goes up, you get more and more money. So it goes to you, Ed. Do you think inflation is going to pick up? If it does, tips would be a good place to be. Okay, so I think uh, for anybody who wants to be conservative, tips certainly has a place in your portfolio. And I feel that inflation is going to start creeping up. It's just not going to be fast. It's just not going to be fast. But I do think it will creep up. I do. Because I think the world economy is going to start picking up starting next year and the year after. We'll see. But, yeah, I think it, in a conservative portfolio, I think it's, it has a, a place there. Ed, so, yes. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to BJ in Fremont. How you doing, BJ? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, today, uh, I was just wondering, this uh, international market have not kept pace with the U.S. market. They are nope. on the lower side. Now, what are the indicators that we should watch that uh, that market is on rebound? Uh, are there key indicators I think the that can help us that, yes, recovery is in, in progress? Uh, well, it's difficult because, in, you know, internationally, they don't keep track of all the economic statistics and report them like they do here in the United States. So it's a little bit more difficult. But you do have to remember that there's two big dogs in the world, and those dogs wagging their tails are, are the rest of the economies. Okay, the tail is the economy. The dog, the dog, big dogs is us and China. So now we have a partial trade agreement, and the ripple effect of that will benefit the rest of the world. Now, if we get a full trade agreement with China next year sometime, the rest of the world is going to appreciate it, and they're going to start expanding. So your international markets are going to do well. If we don't get that, and there's a lot more bickering between us and China, then it is, you know, it's hard to gauge that the international market will start to improve. Frankly, I think we will move slowly toward some kind of a, you know, accommodation with China. I don't know if it will be a full trade deal or another partial deal. I don't know. Or industry by industry, you know, I don't, I don't know. But I do know that that's the way that the, the Trump administration wants to move. And I, and I certainly know that China wants to move there. So, you know, you're going to have to just watch the trade deal. I think that's going to be your best indicator. Thanks for the call, BJ. My main talking point today concerns the prediction Uber shares have fallen 33% since the May IPO. So what's going on there? It, are, you know, and... One of the biggest holders, the co-founder, Travis Kalanick, Kalanick, he's selling huge chunks. We're talking not just millions. How about how about how about two point one billion dollars worth? He sold the forty-three-year-old remaining stake in the ride-hailing company. Still constitutes about three billion of fortune of his, but he sold off two point one billion dollars worth. So the co-founder, does that mean he has no faith in it? Is that what that's saying? Remember, every time there's an IPO, six months later, people, uh, the, the uh, insiders, can, after six months, can start selling their shares. And that's exactly what he did. Of course, that's putting downward pressure on the stock. That's not unusual. The other co-founder, he's selling too, but not nearly as much. He third, sold like 35 
million, you know, he sold, he's selling some also. But that's not unusual because you don't, you want to diversify your portfolio. And, but this, but the one co-founder, you know, there's two guys, of course, uh, Travis, he sold a big honking amount of his shares. And I would too, if I was him, I would, I would too, just because it's, it's smart. I mean, look who else, almost every founder out there of every big tech company has done the same thing. Maybe not as much as as fast, but everybody, and they all make sense. Managing your funds, you know, you need to diversify. You really need to diversify. Okay, today, this uh, Calipero Inc. is celebrating its 90th, 90th birthday listing or anniversary listing on the New York Stock Exchange. 90 years. So as we go into break, here's my market trivia question. Can you name or guess seven other longest listed New York Stock Exchange companies? Give me a hint. Five have been listed longer than Caterpillar. I'll have the answer for you after the break, but now we're taking your market financial questions live. 888-99-CHART. The time is now. And if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity, InvestTalk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP Financial Principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by Steve and Justin. Hear their full analysis of the market. Follow along with charts and data points. Understand technical and fundamental analysis. Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The InvestTalk phone lines are open, so call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. Can you name or guess seven other longest listed New York Stock Exchange companies? Uh, and I think you can. And five of them have been listed longer than Caterpillar. So here's the answer. The New York Stock Exchange was first established in March, on March 8th, 1817. Did you know it was that old? 1817. Today is the world's largest stock exchange by far with a total market capitalization of $28 trillion. Okay, and have 2,300 listed public companies. Okay. Caterpillar, Inc. Sometimes... I shortened it to CAT, everybody does. CAT, American Fortune 100 Corporation, is the world's largest construction equipment manufacturer. CAT was founded in 1925, listed on the New York Stock Exchange 90 years ago. It has about 100,000 employees. So besides CAT, how about the, 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 which is not bad, 90 years is not bad, but there's longer, a lot longer. There's, here are seven public companies that have been listed longest on the New York Stock Exchange. How about the Bank of New York? 
now they call it the Bank of New York Mellon, but it was called the Bank of New York back then. 1792, it was listed. That's 227 years ago, by the way. Is that so 227 years ago? Wow. Anyway, then Con Ed, the energy company, was founded in 1823, listed on the stock exchange in 1824. Procter and Gamble, PG, everybody knows who that is, 1837, listed in 1891. IBM, think about that. IBM, which is a technology company and consulting company, as you know, 1911. It was founded in 1911 and listed on New York Stock Exchange in 1916. So, from 1960, think of all the technology changes over that period of time, and IBM is still around today. Then there's uh, Coca-Cola, probably a lot of you guessed on that one. 1886, listed on the, that's when it was founded, and 1920 is when it was uh, listed. I went to Coca-Cola uh, Museum in Atlanta. That was very interesting. It's, it's, just, it's just interesting. You should go there if you ever get, get to Atlanta. Pfizer. 1849, and then listed on 1942, founded in 1849, listed on the exchange on 1942. Johnson & Johnson is the last one, founded in 1886, and listed in the NYSE in 1944. 1944, Johnson Johnson. Those were the companies. I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay, I think we can squeeze in another caller question here from the number 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Josh from North Carolina. I was calling to get your opinion on stock for Canadian Solar. The symbol is CSIQ. Real quickly, bought it a few weeks ago, up a little over 20% right now. Kind of want to see what you guys take is on what to do with it. Should I sell some or uh, ride this thing up? Thanks for your answer, and I'll be looking forward to listening to it on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, this is shot up in less than a month from 15 to $21, and that's a huge rise, okay? Uh, that tells you it, it, it's not, it can't maintain that. That's not going to happen. There's a lot of resistance around $24, $25 a share. So it probably is going to slow down or stop in that area. Uh, CSIQ is Canadian Solar Inc., Canadian manufacturer of ignit wafer solar cell uh, solar modules and other solar applications. It's a $1.2 billion company. They make money. They've made money since 2013. They're going to make $3.01 next year. So if the stock is $21, pretty cheap, huh? 7 PE. The five-year range is 4 to 86 on the P, so it's a huge range. Return equity is 18%. Cash flow is very strong at $5.58. Sales growth has been kind of, last quarter was flat, but the quarter before that grew 60%. It's very erratic, sales growth. Earnings have been pretty consistent, but sales have not. They're kind of erratic quarter to quarter to quarter. Management owns 24%, and mutual funds have been buyers for this last year. They're putting this stock on. Um, so uh, I think you keep it. I think you've, it's still inexpensive. I think you maybe put a trailing stop, uh, maybe just a a, a, a a trend line. Right now it's pretty much overbought, so expect to have some weakness here coming. Uh, but you know, uh, you ride it as long as you ride it, as long as it stays in the upward trend, stay with it. Breaks the trend line, maybe cut in half, or it depends on how are you a long term holder of it, or it was just a short term trade. Um, I, I, you know, it's not a blue chip type stock. 
Uh, it's going to, you know, it's it's one that I would probably think that you might want to sell if it gets to $24, $25 a share. 888-99-CHARTER is our number, 888-992-4278. Uh, we mentioned builders, uh, Home Builders Index earlier in the show. It's at 76 from 71 the month before. So that's a that we know that the home builders are pretty upbeat about their market. That and you know this ties into Chapman University's uh, economic forecast for 2020, saying that the housing market, uh, home builder home, the construction of homes is going to go up 6.2 percent next year. And right now, housing starts at 1.365 million. It was what 1.325, so that that's good. But the thing you really want to focus on is permits for new construction. That's at 1.48 million, 1.48 million, and that was up from 1.46, so that got a little stronger too. So the housing market, probably due to more of a of a tightness of the market, shortage of the housing, as opposed to. Um, uh, tremendous demand. I think that's why you're seeing building because they've been underbuilding the houses for ever since the they popped in 2008. You know the market popped and got crushed. Um, so and ever since then they've been trying to catch up. So it looks like though home builders are pretty upbeat for next year, and so does uh, the economic forecast from Chapman about home construction. I'm Steve Peasen. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. And, of course, obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance or else you wouldn't be listening to me. I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP Premium Newsletter, written and distributed every Friday. I write it. In the newsletter, you get valuable information, such as the week's market analysis, portfolio management guidance, stock ideas, a couple of them every week. And subscribe in time at investtalk.com. And that's investtalk.com. You go there and subscribe. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial, and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial Practices Parallel Investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP Financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Good afternoon. My name's Joe. I'm a podcast listener and very much enjoy your show. had a question. My parents, they're in their 80s, they're selling their home, and so they're going to be having a, a large sum of money, at least for them, about $100,000 actually, and was kind of wondering if they're going to be needing that money to, to live in their duplex, but it's what might be a good thing to put that money in where it can draw more than just uh, interest in a savings account. Uh, but still be, I guess, fairly accessible. Would appreciate. I'll be listening to podcasts. I would appreciate hearing your answer. Thank you. Well, um, if they're going to be drawing from it, you don't want to take in their 80s. You don't want to take a lot of risk with that money. You don't want to be in the stock market at all, really. 
So there is different places you can be. There's what's called, uh, I, I kind of like right now, the ultra bond, short bond funds. The ultra short bond funds, which are very liquid. They're, they're ET, ETS, and they make a pretty decent amount of yield and take very little risk. There is risk because you're in bonds, but they're so short and we're ultra short. We're talking a few days to a few weeks. And, you know, that, they're, so they're very short. Uh, but you get a, a much better than a rate than in the savings account of the bank. So and it's liquid. You can get out and cash them every every day if you feel like it. Is there other places to be? Well, there are. And you want it, but you're going to get either if you're going to go more safe, you're going to get less return, or if you get more risky, uh, you shouldn't be doing that with uh, you know a big a nest egg of a of an eighty year old of a hundred thousand dollars. I just wouldn't do it. I'd be more conservative. So that would be my suggestion at this point. Um, if you need, uh, I have a short list of them, uh, ETF list. If you want to just send me a request through my email, go to besttalk.com, just send me an email. Okay? No, I'll, I'll send it. I'll send you the list. And whoever else wants it, I, I, I'll send it out. It's not a problem. Okay. Um, are you a shareholder of Ford? General Motors or Tesla? How much does each company spend annually on marketing? They, mar you know, they spend big bucks. Ford and GM combined annually spend four billion dollars on marketing. GM and Ford. Four billion dollars. How much does Tesla spends? What do you think? How about seven million a year on marketing? Now you know. In, in, now, you know why Tesla founder Elon Musk is always placing himself and his brand in the headlines. That's free advertisement, marketing for Tesla. So, I mean, it's, it's obvious that one of the things he's trying to do is get draw attention. He loves drawing attention to himself. So, how many electric vehicles has Tesla sold? How about the Model 3? Of the Model 3, how many do you think they've sold? They've sold 111,000 of them. How about Toyota? Toyota's all-electric Prius sales have been declining. However, for November of 2019 in North America, Toyota says, says its hybrid sales combination of electric gasoline engines were up 68%. So this is my concern about Tesla. You're going to get some stiff competition. It's coming. It's coming and it's going to be stiff. Difficult. Because these companies spend lots of money on marketing, and they're coming out with their own electric cars, and some of them are high-end, just like Tesla. It's going to compete directly with them. So I, I think that you just got to keep an eye out there for the eventual competition coming in. Because Tesla's had the, you know, had it its own way for years now. No one really, they, they were it. Tesla, if you wanted a high-end electric car, you bought a Tesla. That's all there was available. And, you know, they're first to market. Congratulations to them. I mean, that's great. But it's not going to be that way. It's not going to stay that way. Always the leaders of any industry, any new new niche, they attract competition from the big boys. It's just the way it is. So let's keep going. Here's a call. Here's a, here comes another caller question. 888-99-CHART. Hi, I was wondering what you think about the financials and the company AOBC. 
it's American Outdoor Brand Corporation. This is Van in Rancho Mirage. Okay, AOBC, American Outdoor Brands, manufactures firearms, including revolvers, pistols, rifles, and firearm-related products and accessories. Uh, They are a $506 million company, so they're not that big. They're not micro, but they're pretty small. Um, They make money. They've made money for years. They're going to make $0.80 this year and $0.98 a share next year. That's the estimates. They made $0.83 last year, so a little bit down from 2019 to 2020. Sales have been falling off the last couple of quarters. Of course, before that, they've always been in the single digits. So it's a very slow growth, if any growth at all. So what's the company worth that's like that? What's 98 cents a share worth? Would you give it a 10 PE? If you did, that means the stock's worth $9.80 and it's selling for $9.20 now. So I don't think, I just don't think, um, that it's that exciting. I mean, the stock has bounced off from a bottom. It was got a, it was around five dollars and fifty cents or so, and it bounced off of that in October. It's now nine twenty. I mean, it's already made a huge move. So you know, I don't know if I'd buy it. It's it's not inexpensive enough, and there's no. I like to buy something that has some kind of catalyst behind it, some kind of reason. What's what's the reason? Uh, uh, are firearms going to all of a sudden? You know, you got the political, uh, the political atmosphere is always you know, negative on firearms and firearm sales. But Trump, you know, a Republican president, is positive for that industry. I don't know. It's just a place that doesn't attract me at all. Does not. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. The symbol was A O B C. American Outdoor Brands. Uh, time to give me a call, 888-992-4278. I got some, uh, the auto loans were, uh, a year or two ago, we were looking at the auto loans and we were saying, man, those things are exploding and their their criteria to loan money was, was too easy. Well, now the rejection rate of people applying for auto loans has picked up significantly to 8.1%. That's according to a Fed uh, federal a Federal Reserve uh, president. And that's double from a year ago, just so you know. So auto loans are going to be coming harder to come by. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. That's the goal. And, of course, our work will continue right after this break. We've got one last segment of the show. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, this market prediction Amazon will be the most important company of the 2020s. But over the new decade, criticism will grow. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888 99 Chart. Hello, Steve or Justin. I was calling about HRB, HR Block. I see it's uh, gone down. The share price has gone down recently, and I'm wondering what a good entry point is and if this is something I should look to invest in. Thank you. 
Actually, I think it's a pretty good entry point right now. Uh, it's gotten lower this year. It's is 22. Today is at 23.40. Between 22 and 23, that seems like an ideal place to me. So I think it's really close, and it's close enough for you to take the shot. Uh, HRB, it's H&R Block. HRB is the symbol. You know, and it provides tax, national accounting, business consulting services in the U.S., Canada, and Australia. They're, they've made money for years and years and years. They're going to make $2.49 next year after making $2.43. It's a slow grower, but a pretty consistent slow growth. So $2.49 and a $23 stock, that's under 10 P.E., and the five-year range is 7 to 24. Return on equity is very healthy at 95%. Good cash flow. Pays a very nice dividend. So, yeah, a 4.4% dividend. I, I kind of like it at this price. I mean, you got to be patient. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to skyrocket on you or anything. But while you're waiting for it to go back maybe to the high 20s, you're going to make 4.4%. It's a $4.5 billion company. So, you know, not a large company. Kind of, kind of a mid-cap right in that mid-cop area, maybe, just bit. But I kind of like it at this point. So the price is now, if you think about it, now. Okay, i got some really interesting, fun facts for you here. Okay, you know, and I've said it before, that the United States uh, 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 GDP is about $20.5 trillion, okay? China is about uh, $14 trillion, Okay. Okay, of that 20.4 trillion, what percentage of the entire world is that? How big are we compared to the world? Are we half the world GDP? Are we a quarter of the world GDP? Are we 10%? Well, we're 23.89% of the world GDP, and China is 15.8. Okay, so what makes this so interesting is here we are, almost 24% of the world GDP. Okay. Yet our population is 4.3% of the world population. 4.3%. Very small compared to the huge GDP we have. Now, compare the same thing with the world market cap, our stock markets. Okay, our stock market is the largest in the world. But how large is large? Now, you know you got markets in Japan and the United Kingdom, Canada, China, France, Switzerland, Germany, Australia, Taiwan, Korea, Hong Kong, Netherlands, India, you know, others. You know, okay, so how much of the world GDP is in our markets? Or the world, I'm not GDP, but market capitalization, sizes of the company. How much? 55% of all the corporations in the world this by size, GDP, uh, market cap size is located is, is traded and located in the United States. Huge, huge. Now that begs the question: with such a small population, why are we so wealthy? Why aren't other countries with a lot more people? Much bigger. China has 18.5% of the population. India has 17.9% of the population. Why aren't they much bigger? They should be much bigger than us. And they're not. Why is that? Why? You really, you would think that the bigger population, you have more people to be productive and you, you, you should have a higher GDP. You should have bigger than you be than us. And, you know, I, there are answers to that question, by the way. I have my own personal belief, and my personal belief is the freedoms that we share and the rule of law that we get to rely on, 
we get to rely on the rule of law. We have much less, much less, uh, uh, much less fraud and and government, you know, uh, government uh, crime. We have much less than other countries. But we also give freedom to individuals to improve themselves, to make companies, to grow their companies, and to keep their wealth. That's not common. Maybe part of the answer why we're so wealthy. Who knows? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Talk program. I will return tomorrow, and at that point, we'll be one week away from Christmas. So make sure you get ready for that. And please tell your friends and family members about our show and tell them that I'll be in Dallas and New York, those people that live in that area, in Dallas and New York in January. I have, I'm probably, I'm probably at, at Chicago sometime next year, too. Anyway, give me a call. Let me know. Learn more by registering at investtalk.com. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.